Mr. Fraley. Here, thank you, Mr. Newcomb. Uh, into our continued agenda items. Yes, Mr. Chair, we have um, item continued item number one by the City Planning Commission for a zoning text amendment to section 4-05 daycare homes um, yeah, to amend the minimum lot requirement permissible to operate a daycare home. Uh, continued item number three is a request uh, by Toast to amend a previously granted special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 2406 Colonial Avenue. From the regular agenda, regular item number one by the Franklin Johnson Group for the following applications at 6435 Tidewater Drive. A is an amendment to the future land use designation in the general plan. Plan Norfolk 2030 from industrial to multifamily. B is a text amendment to the city zoning ordinance to create PDR Tidewater Drive, which is a planned development district. And C is a change of zoning from I-1 Limited Industrial District to the PDR Tidewater Drive. Item number four from the regular agenda, Terrence Bay LLC, for a change of zoning from I-4 Waterfront Industrial District <coughs> to conditional D-5 Fort Norfolk District at 151 Riverview Avenue. All four of these items, I've requested continuances uh, to the October 22nd public hearing. The motion, therefore, is to continue the items to the public hearing to be held on Thursday, October 22nd, 2015 at 2.30 p.m. City Council Chambers, 11th Floor City Hall Building, Norfolk, Virginia. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McQuellen? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Thank you, Lenny. All right. That brings us uh, to the items that are on the regular agenda. Uh, I'm sorry that we are going to consider today. The first one that we will consider is from the continued agenda. This is Bold Mariner Brewing Company for a special exception to operate a microbrewery at 2409 Bowdens Ferry Road, Suite A. Thank you, Lenny. And we're here to speak in favor of this application is uh, Mr. Michael Stacks. Yes, sir. Michael Stacks, uh, address 2409A Bowdens Ferry Road. I'm just here to answer any questions that you guys may have for me. Thank you, Mr. Stacks. Commissioners, any questions of Mr. Stacks that we're aware of? Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. I will note for the commission that uh, there is no opposition to this application. The uh, motion, therefore, is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman. Good luck. Aye. Mr. Hales. Aye. Ms. McQuillan. Yes. Ms. Austin. Yes. Mr. Halgens. Aye. Mr. Thomas. Yes. Mr. Fraley. Aye. We'll make that recommendation to council. Good luck to you. All right. We will now move to the regular agenda, and this will go to um, item number two, which is City Planning Commission to amend Section 2-3 definitions and Chapter 16 signs, including all references to altered section numbers to maintain consistency uh, of the zoning ordinance of the City of Norfolk to ensure continued compliance with constitutional requirements for sign regulations. Thank you, Lenny. Bobby? 
Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, what we have is a text, a requested text amendment to alter the sign regulations, or to improve, I should say, the sign regulations to make them compliant with constitutional requirements. Uh, current Supreme Court rulings and interpretations have been handed down where it has caused us to uh, reevaluate our current sign regulations to assure that they passed constitutional muster. Um, uh, essentially what we're trying to do is to take the current sign regulations and alter them to become content neutral. Uh, content is what gets us into trouble uh, as we try to regulate the signs based on what they say. And so changing the regulations to uh, efficiently uh, regulate the actual sign itself and not what it says uh, is, is the best way to go. Uh, unfortunately, because we do tend to look at signs based on their content and name them based on their content, we did find a few flaws in our ordinance which required us to do a pretty decent overhaul. So how does, this, uh, how does the change affect the sign regulations? Uh, generally, the size of permanent signage have stayed the same. Uh, we may have renamed some of them, but in, in all zoning districts, uh, all uh, uses have their regular allotment for permanent signage. Typically, that would be for uh, regular commercial districts. For every linear foot of frontage, they'd get one square foot of sign. None of that's changed. If you have 100 feet of frontage, you'd get a 32, foot square foot, 32 square foot sign, um, freestanding sign. None of that has changed either. We've done our best to translate the existing regulations so that they accurately reflect the new terminology, but still keep in place uh, our current rules. Um, we also reformatted the sign regulations to make them more user-friendly. Uh, we did find that it was a bit um, pieced together because we placed things in locations uh, as they came up. And uh, even though we have recently, uh, within the last year, uh, altered the temporary signs, we did have to do a significant overhaul because that is where the majority of the references to the content of the sign is the actual name of the sign was located. Um, I did leave off something here also. Uh, outdoor advertising signs are also a very key important uh, part of the sign regulations. Those regulations have not been altered. They were picked up from the old ordinance and placed back in. Uh, there was, uh, the whole point of this is just to bring our current regulations into constitutional uh, requirements. So what is a sign? As you can see, the sign is a very long definition of three very long sentences in order to make sure we capture everything. Uh, the first part of the sign definition effectively states that a sign provides uh, an, a, a, provides and attracts attention to any organization, business, product, or service. So it's labeling commercial signage. Um, the next part then calls out to clarify what we don't want to consider signage. So that includes works of arts, uh, architectural elements, uh, function, functions of buildings, and uh, flags of any nation, state, or geopolitical entity. Um, of course, as long as those are not related to the actual commercial business product or service. So a uh, flag itself may not be a sign if it was an American flag, but if you are a flag store that sells a bunch of flags, if you put those out, that would end up being considered part of your uh, commercial signage, not your, not your free speech. We further then clarify um, the definition of work of art and the, uh, actually what a work of art is as we've interpreted it. Um, it makes for a long definition, but it does try to make it as clear as possible um, for those that enforce it and those that are reading it. So what has changed? Again, permanent signage has been translated uh, to be more content neutral. Uh, generally, the signage uh, that was previously allowed will stay the same. We've, an example is uh, we changed directional signs um, because they used to only refer to that you could only say enter, exit, and things of similar nature, but you could not have a logo of the business on it. Well. 
we can't say you can't have a logo because that is the content. So we changed it. Okay, so we're not going to call it a directional sign anymore. It's now considered a ground sign. Meets the same size allotment. Um, we allow it in the same locations, but the person, if they would like to use it in a different fashion, they technically could. Um, most of the time, most sign companies and uh, most businesses will use those appropriately uh, and continue to use them appropriately. Uh, residential districts now have an allotment for a wall sign and a freestanding sign. Reason being is that a number on the house that is required by city code is technically a sign. Um, so we've given an allotment that's based, that reflects what's allowed by city code. You're required to have a specific size of sign or specific size of house number. And that is the allowance that we uh, gave for both freestanding and wall signs. So essentially the house number and if you wanted to do a um, hanging house number in front of the house, which some people do, you can do that as well. So again, just quickly going over what some of the permanent signs are, freestanding sign, typical monument sign, pole sign, and the similar. Wall signs, again, usually signs that are affixed to walls. Uh, should be self-evident, but sometimes it's not because we have multiple definitions. Uh, permanent signs that uh, were freestanding signs, shopping center signs, directory sign, campus identification sign, hospital emergency room identification sign, those are all consolidated into just a freestanding sign. Um, all of them had their time and place and were put in for a specific purpose, but again, to be content neutral, uh, we captured the essence of what, why, where, what zoning classification, what use, uh, and how big they were. Captured that, but took away the identifier based on content. Again, for wall signs, it seems to be very simple, but we called them other than freestanding signs because it does end up capturing awning signs, marquee signs, projecting signs, and house number signs. So again, just unifying the terminology so that it's, it's a bit clearer. Again, this is the example of the directional sign now to a ground sign. Uh, temporary signs, what has changed? Um, temporary signs did end up getting a, a fairly decent overhaul because, again, a lot, of the def a lot of the signs that we refer to as temporary signs are labeled based on their content. So we had to step back and make sure that we weren't doing that so that we would be uh, uniform across the board. Uh, overall allotment of temporary signs has stayed close to what total allocation for all typical signs uh, that were allowed on properties uh, were given. So as for an example, for residential districts, um, you could have a garage or yard sale sign, a new project sign, a political sign, a real estate sign, a home security sign. We've consolidated all of those into a yard sign. Now, for residential districts, they were permitted uh, a certain allotment of that signage. So you could have a political sign that was eight square feet, a real estate sign, eight square feet. Uh, in an attempt to try to consolidate these, we ended up saying, okay, you get yard signs. You have the, an unlimited amount of yard signs. So if you want to do a bunch of one square foot yard signs, you could do that. The maximum total that you could have is 24 square feet. And what was not updated in here that's also in the text is that one sign cannot be any larger than 12 square feet. So that, was, that is also in the regulation. So again, being careful to avoid visual clutter uh, the best we can, typically trying to line it up with what we would normally see for a real estate sign, political sign, or, or any other type of sign on a residential neighborhood. Again, temporary signs, uh, flag signs have made distinct from flags. So there are signs that are flags. If you see checkered flag, that is a, that is a sign. Uh, if you see the American flag, that is a flag. So the key is we wanted to make sure that there was a clear distinction. So we've labeled flags as flags and flags that provide a uh, information to attract to a business as a flag sign. Uh, we also opened the door up a little bit for A-frame signs uh, where it's appropriate. And uh, 
generally, unless it's otherwise noted, temporary signs are limited to a maximum of three months no matter how they're permitted. So uh, again, generally you have your uh, flag signs, which you typically have at our house. You may have your university sign, River Star Home, which is a great thing to have, but um, that ends up being a sign. Uh, we do have, having the flag signs then allows for this allotment. Again, residential districts, you're permitted a square footage of flag signs um, with an unlimited number. Uh, again, for temporary signs, you have the balloon signs. I don't know how many people are still using these large grand opening balloons, um, but those are still permitted. Uh, that's what we mean by an inflatable sign. We don't mean the moving inflatable sign uh, that is that we typically see uh, across the city. Again, the point is that it draws attention. It draws unneeded attention because it takes the driver's eyes off of the road. So any sign that moves, undulates, or gives the appearance of moving is still prohibited. As for A-frame signs, uh, what we've opened up is to allow them typically to be for one per business. Uh, they must be removed daily uh, at the close of the business. So when the business is not open, again, another change that we made um, as far as to line it up to be clear was that the uh, A-frame sign cannot be out when the business is not open. So the business has to be open and operating if the A-frame sign is out. And then it also must be taken in during severe weather events. It must be located. Uh, on private property and within 10 feet of a pedestrian entrance but cannot block the uh, accessibility to the entrance. And then the size of the A-frame sign is limited to uh, four feet in height and no more than six square feet. So again, that, those A-frame signs that we would permit on private property line up with what we do permit currently uh, in the right-of-way in most of our pedestrian overlay districts. Keeping the A-frame sign within 10 feet of the uh, pedestrian entrance allows it to be what it's supposed to be for, not out by Virginia Beach Boulevard where they tie balloons on it and try to get people's attention. It's for the pedestrian that's walking by the business to see what's available uh, at the business. So generally, as far as potential impacts, no overall change to permanent signage. Uh, we did not want to touch any of those regulations. Uh, that would require a very significant public outreach as far as getting input from the sign companies and businesses. We wanted to keep those the same um, and transfer them over as much as possible. The key with these changes, is, and through our review, we wanted to be consistent with First Amendment goals of achieving content neutrality. Uh, the use of A-frame signs are allowed uh, more appropriately, and uh, temporary signage rules uh, in residential districts, though it may have opened up, typically still line up with what people would t uh, have at their residence. Um, based on these changes that we've been able to provide and the uh, alterations to the names of the signage to be consistent with constitutional requirements. Staff is recommending approval. Thank you, Mr. Tahan. Commissioners, any questions of Mr. Tahan? Mr. Melita, is there anything you would want to add to Mr. Tahan's comments? No, that was an excellent and complete presentation. And I do know, commissioners, there is no opposition to this application. All right. The uh, motion before you is that the zoning text amendment be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Thank you, Bobby. All right. Item three, Lenny? Item three is the City of Norfolk for a change of zoning from OSP, Open Space Preservation District, to Conditional C2, Cordal Commercial District on a 2.25-acre uh, parcel of land lying 830.53 feet, more or less, north of Northam 
Washington Boulevard and 70 feet more or less east of the eastern corporate boundary of the city of Malvik. Purpose of this is to facilitate commercial development opportunities on the site. And I know, commissioners, that there's no opposition. All right, the motions recommend that the conditional change of zoning be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Alchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. All right. We move down now to item number five. This is a uh, uh, request from um, 3J LLC for a change of zoning from R4, single family district to conditional R6, single family district at 1202 Land Street. Purpose of this request is to allow the construction of four single family homes where only two are permitted under the current zoning district. Thank you, Lenny. Matthew? All right, good afternoon. Um, yep, this request is for a, re a conditional change of zoning from R4 to conditional R6. And this is the property you see on your screen at 1202 Land Street. That's located on the northeast corner of Wales Avenue and Land Street in the Hollywood Homes Maple Hall neighborhood, um, which is a little bit north of uh, this stretch of Virginia Beach Boulevard. And it's developed primarily with single family homes throughout the neighborhood. Um, so the rezoning request is essentially to um, to take the existing lot that you see here and rezone such that it can accommodate a re-subdivision for uh, four uh, homes, four lots on the site. And under the current zoning, which is R4, the uh, property could currently accommodate the re-subdivision of two houses on the site. So this is the um, zoning map showing the R4 and the extent of it in the surrounding area. and. Um, what the difference between R4 and R6 are is that with R4, there's a minimum lot size requirement of at least 100 feet in lot width and at least 12,000 square feet in lot area. And going to R6, the um, minimum changes from at least 75 feet of lot width and um, at least 7,500 7, square feet of lot area. And anytime we do, we process a rezoning like this, we do a lot pattern analysis to sort of um, really see what is the existing character of the current lots in the vicinity. And we do this in two ways. Um, we first go within a thousand foot radius of the subject property and, and look at those numbers and see what that gives us. And then we also narrow in on just the street in question. So just Land Street in this case and look within a thousand feet along, along Land Street to see what is the existing character of, uh, of Land Street. So um, this, this table that you see right here outlines that and that the lots that would, are out of character with the proposal, um, it looks like it's about 73 uh, lots and that's 55% of the lots are um, out of character with the proposal. And um, if we narrow in on just that block, it's actually 69% of the lots are, are out of character with the, with the proposal or essentially you can think of that as, um, as only 31% of the lots are in keeping with the R6 proposal. So with, with that, staff is not able to uh, support this request and recommends denial of the request. Um, we do have in your packet a letter um, from the uh, Hollywood Homes Maple Hall Civic League that they um, submitted to the planning department that does tell us that they, um, they did have a vote on this matter and they, they give you the three 
choices that they discussed at that meeting, and that was leaving the existing zoning as it is, R4, and, um, and 50 people at the meeting did vote for that option. And then the option of uh, what the developer was asking, which R6, um, to allow four houses, and no one, no one voted for that option. And then there was a, a request for possibly R5, and, and would, would the Civic League be okay with three homes on the site? And two people that were present um, were in favor of that option. So there, is, there are a few proffers here that would be attached to the zoning if it is approved, and I'll just um, I'll read a few of those for you. There's three proffers in your packet. The first is that the site shall be resubdivided in accordance with the physical survey slash conceptual site plan, uh, which is provided by the applicant and will be attached to the ordinance. And then the next one is that the single-family dwellings to be built on the parcels shall be of a quality and design so as to complement the neighborhood, and no building permit shall be issued until a zoning certificate has been granted by the Department of City Planning, verifying that the proposed dwelling is consistent with the neighborhood, and then nothing shall prohibit construction of a two-story dwelling. So that's, um, that's the other proffer. And then the last one is a proffer for landscaping, that at least three trees per home uh, would be preserved on the site or planted on the site, and then um, foundation planning as well. Um, so those are the proffers that were submitted by the applicant. And it is in the um, in the general plan called out as single-family suburban, which is um, in keeping with, uh, with everything from 75-foot-wide lots all the way to what we have in R1, um, so everything and above. So it still is in keeping with that, but with the lot pattern analysis, staff is not able to support this request. Any questions about that? Thank you, Matthew. Any questions of Mr. Simon, commissioners? Thank you, Matt. All right. Uh, here to speak in favor of this application, Mr. James Wakefield. Good afternoon, Mr. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen of the commission. My name is James Wakefield. Excuse me, I reside at 6352 Adair Avenue, City of Norfolk. I'm the Vice President of the Hollywood Homes Maple Hall Civic League. I'm here to, on behalf of the Civic League in the neighborhood to go on record that we're contesting the proposal that it be rezoned from R4 to R6. The reasons for our contesting this, following reasons. Presently, we'd have, it's the ingress and regress in and out of our neighborhood. We only have one thoroughfare. Mr. Wakefield? Yes, sir. Well, let me interrupt you. Yes, sir. Your, uh, she said you were in favor of this application. You're not in favor? No, sir. All right, let us get to the folks who are in favor first. Just sit tight just a minute. Okay. okay. All right. And you didn't sign up, Mr. Babineau. I signed the form outside, but maybe I didn't put it in the right person's hand. I apologize. Well, let me acknowledge these folks before you come forward, Mr. <laughs> Babino, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. Uh, Ms. Andre Mayunga, you signed up. You would like to ask questions, sir? Yes, sir. I was going to ask a question, but uh, based on the Then you're in rebuttal, I was presume, sir. Thank you. Um, and he, the only other person that no other person has signed up except yourself, Mr. Wakefield. Yes. But um, Mr. Babineau, are you in favor of this application? Yes, sir. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to usurp our normal procedure and give you an opportunity. Susan. 
We haven't gotten to opposition yet, ma'am. We haven't forgotten you. Okay. Uh, I have. Uh, we should name a mailing address, if you would, Mr. Babineau. John Babineau, and it's uh, 768 uh, 52nd Street here in the city of Norfolk. Thank you. Uh, and this is an application that was filed uh, by me on behalf of 3J LLC. I had the uh, opportunity to go visit with the uh, with the Civic League. Um, I have, if I can, pass out to uh, each of the commissioners if I can. Sorry. I don't need one. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Mr. Babineau, if you could provide one to the clerk. Uh, the, uh, the proposal that, uh, as it's entitled, um, that I just submitted just uh, goes through kind of analysis of the neighborhood uh, distance from uh, between property lines as well as uh, uh, from, the, uh, from the sidewalk. Uh, as well as structures that uh, that have been uh, that have been built um, uh, in the neighborhood um, of uh, with lot sizes um, uh, significantly uh, smaller uh, than the the proposed 75 by 100 100 foot lot sizes. Um, as uh, each of you know, in looking at uh, looking at this neighborhood, I think it's really fair to consider the 55 45 and not look at uh, one street at a time. A neighborhood is not a street. A neighborhood is a neighborhood. Um, and uh, so um, if you rode down my, my, my street there uh, on 52nd Street, maybe your streets in the, in the neighborhoods you live in, um, uh, some of the houses um, um, are, are very nice. Others may not be uh, as nice. One street may have uh, a number of new homes constructed on it of a particular size and character, but the street next door uh, does not so I think that it's it's really fair to consider the neighborhood and the neighborhood is is a 55 uh, 45 uh, mix and I've tried to show that in some of the pictures that have been uh, been set forth uh, this is a beautiful piece of property um, an elderly man Mr. Lombardo lived there for a long period of time he was very near and dear to many of the residents in the neighborhood um, an Italian immigrant uh, who I had the uh, uh, the, the privilege of meeting him as well as his, as well as his family, um, and it became necessary because of his infirmity to sell the house, and he um, has uh, sadly, unfortunately, uh, passed during the pendency of, of uh, this application process. Um, <clears throat> but what we propose to do is, um, if uh, if we get the if you go to conditional R6 and and we have four 75 by 100 foot lots, uh, would be. Uh, to uh, keep the existing vinyl-sided house. What they did was there was an original brick house on the corner, and I think each of you may have been out and, and seen the, the lot, the way it's constructed. But because uh, Mr. Lombardo became inf more infirm and needed to have kind of a more handicapped accessible house with open doorways and so forth, they added on or attached to the brick house a uh, single-story vinyl-sided uh, house with big open doorways and a much more open living space 
uh, to accommodate uh, accommodate him, uh, and uh, that was uh, that was done about uh, ten years ago. So it's a it's a nice house, modern features, uh, a nice kitchen, nice flooring, um, uh, you know, nice bathrooms, etc. Uh, in that house, and essentially they sealed off the brick portion of the house, uh, which was the original part of the house, and stopped stopped using it. Um, and uh, it has not been updated um, in terms of electrical, uh, plumbing, um, heating and cooling, um, the, the brick part of the house. So it's, it's really, uh, at this point, it doesn't, it doesn't flow well with the house um, the, way, the way it is. So the proposal was is to take down that, uh, the, brick, uh, the brick portion uh, of the house, and then you have a 1,900-square-foot a vinyl house. We were going to add another bed, another bedroom uh, and bathroom uh, to that house. It end up being about 22, 2300 square feet, um, uh, which is a, a very nice, a very nice uh, size house. Um, it would have a nice, a nice yard, and then put a new house on the corner a lot, uh, mindful of the new setbacks uh, requirements. Uh, and with the corner lot, obviously, it makes it a little weird because you have, you know, you have a couple setback. Uh, requirements that that change, and then put two um, other houses going from the uh, the vinyl house, which would be renovated, um, and going uh, down uh, Land Street, uh, which would create uh, two additional 75 by 100 uh, foot uh, lots. It's a nicely treed um, uh, piece of land there. Um, the design certainly would be to uh, keep. Uh, as many of the trees uh, as as possible. Um, you know, people like trees, um, and uh, you don't want it to look like new. You want it to look uh, like it's something that fits uh, quietly and nicely uh, into the neighborhood. Every house would have a garage. There's no on-street uh, parking in that neighborhood um, that I'm aware of. Uh, but uh, notwithstanding that, even if there were, um, it would be uh, everything would have a garage um, for off-street parking. And one of the proffers was to make sure that uh, the city had great um, input, if you will, into the, uh, the plan uh, and design, um, the way the houses looked, uh, the materials that were used, the color schemes and things. Uh, clearly, the, the intent is to build something nice that, you can, that people want to buy and people want to live in, and they're going to last for a long period of time and going to increase the value, in the, uh, both aesthetically as well as financially, monetary, monetarily. Uh, there are currently two taps out there. There's one on Wales uh, Street, you know, uh, in terms of utility uh, access. There's one on Wales, and there's one on on uh, Land Street. So uh, it it would have to include, obviously, uh, two additional uh, two additional taps um, uh, there on that would be on the fronting on Land Street um, side of it. Uh, there's nice curb and gutter and sidewalk um, all the way down this that street and on Wales that uh, clearly. Uh, would not not be disturbed. Um, you know, interestingly enough, if you just look around the neighborhood, you look at um, at you know George uh, George Street, um, which is about a block or so uh, uh, over, block and a half over. Um, you know, there's uh, four newer houses that were uh, that were built there, and and um, I, you know, there's some pictures included. Uh, those are all 50 by 100 foot uh, lots in there. And as you drive into the neighborhood, you drive, um, you know, you drive down the street that um, has lots of smaller houses, a lot of houses that were built probably in the 50s, I would guess, um, that are those uh, uh, asbestos, uh, the old asbestos uh, shingle-sided 
the houses, the non-fibroid asbestos shingles. Some of them have been uh, been changed to, to vinyl-sided uh, houses. The house directly across the street uh, from this property is on an 80 by 103 foot um, lot, uh, so it's uh, obviously slightly, uh, uh, only slightly larger than the 75 by 100 would be. Um, and there are lots of, um, in terms of looking at aesthetics, uh, this is a lot more aesthetically pleasing than all the flag lots that are created that were created in that neighborhood. I know flag lots aren't permitted anymore, but uh, even directly behind this piece of property on Wales uh, is uh, is a flag lot. Directly across the street is a is another is another flag lot. So, um, you know, I, I believe that we'd be adding to the the aesthetic beauty of the neighborhood. Obviously, went to the Civic League to try to get some uh, some input. Could something else work? Um, probably uh, uh, could probably uh, do a three-lot development too. I'm asking for a four-lot, but could probably do a three-lot uh, uh, comfortably there. The the idea though is is that I I don't want to ha have to take down the existing house. Uh, the the vinyl-sided house is a nice house. It seems like a waste of our renewable resources to tear down a house that's uh, in great shape. The heating and cooling system, the electrical system, everything is in, is in, is in nice shape. So um, I really don't want to take that down. Between that house uh, and going um, down uh, Land Street, I guess, it's, uh, I guess it would be north um, on Land Street, uh, you, there's about 170 feet um, uh, there. Um, that you know would be able to create, uh, you know, a couple a couple lots there with a five with a five foot setback, you know, requirement from the uh, from the property line from the existing vinyl house that's there, that would create two eighty two and a half foot by by hundred foot um, lots uh, there, and then I could just leave the uh, leave the one on the corner, which would be much larger. Obviously, it'd end up being one hundred and thirty by hundred foot. Um, lot, which would be you know, bigger, uh, bigger than normal. So, um, I, I, I say that only because we're. I know I'm here on the. It, that would still require R6 uh, because of the lot size requirement of of R6. Um, but uh, you know that's something I have. Um, you know I made mention to the, the the folks in planning, and I also in speaking to a couple people. Uh, um, that are that are here in opposition. Babino, I think you've gotten gotten to the end of your lot. Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you. Appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Before you, before you leave, commissioners, are any questions, Mr. Babino? I just just to clarify, you want to take down the brick house and leave the vinyl sided house? Yes, ma'am. The the brick house is basically a shell, uh, and um, it's. It's pretty narrow in, in design. I mean, if you went into it, you'd you'd right away say, "Okay, I see that." I mean, otherwise, we'd want to keep obviously a nice a nice brick nice brick structure, but it's really not a nice brick structure. It's uh, poorly poorly designed um, uh, the the way it is. The ceiling height is very is very low. Okay. Um, it, it essentially is a is a, that part's essentially a takedown. Okay. Thank you. Um, my, Mr. Fraley. Um, my understanding from what you said was that that brick building had been incorporated into a later structure. 
That, yes, ma'am. What they did was, um, I, I guess, I don't know whether it was to get around any planning or zoning or other issues that may created. They actually attached it, and there's an entrance way. There's a, a, a wall. They, they cut they cut a doorway through the brick structure on one end and then added the whole vinyl house onto it. And essentially, it's double. it was double deadbolted. Nobody ever went into the, the brick portion. They just used it kind of like a like uh, for storage. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Fraley. Okay, Mr. Wakefield. Mr. Chairman, you want me to reintroduce myself? Or, or I, probably is appropriate for the clerk's purposes. Okay, my name is James Wakefield. I reside at 6352 Adair Avenue, the city of Norfolk. I'm the vice president of the Hollywood Maple Hall Civic League. I'm here on behalf of the Civic League and the neighborhood to go on record that we are contesting the rezoning of our neighborhood from R4 to R6 on the following reasons. Number one is the ingress and regress into our neighborhood. We basically have the only one avenue to, to Virginia Beach Boulevard, which is east and west, runs east and west. Fortunately, there's a stop, stop light that controls the intersection, George and Virginia Beach. And we did some research, and it the, has the longest stoplight and the shortest green light for our neighborhood. So during peak hours, at times, we can have a dozen automobiles lined up waiting for that short cycle. So any more development in there would cause that more vehicle traffic during peak hours. Our second uh, contestants of this would be is for our water and sewage. Uh, this development was built in probably the late 50s, and the sewer and water system was built to accommodate the number, basically the number of houses there. But there have, in the last 20 years, there have been quite a few more, and the city of Norfolk is out there on a very regular basis uh, because of the overflow of the sewage and things like that. That would add to another problem. And third but not least, the reason we're contesting is the, what we really actually built our home, bought our homes for is the tranquility of the neighborhood and more influx into our neighborhood of development would deteriorate our tranquility, what we bought our homes for. This matter was brought to vote, this gentleman already spoke of it, it was brought to vote on August the 6th for the whole neighborhood, voting neighborhood, uh, members of the Civic League. And as this gentleman stated, we had 50 people voted to keep it as remaining R4 Two people voted, or families, voted for R5 rezoned, and zero for R6. Based on our neighborhood's overwhelming vote against this rezoning, we respectfully request that our subdivision remain at R4. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Wakefield. Uh, also here to speak against this application, um, Jay Castle-Craddock. Thank you, Mr. Wakefield, one, just one quick question for you. Mr. Wakefield? Yes, sir. Uh, have you seen, has your Civic League seen the current proposal, uh, the recent changes that were presented here before? Uh, have you all seen briefly, that plan? Uh, briefly, Mr. Newman, Dr. Newman, but I haven't seen the, the schematics of it completely. Okay. We, have, we have heard uh, some talk about the in, red of, in lieu of four homes, three homes, but it really hasn't been set in a formal request as to, so we could put it up to a vote again next next week at the Civic League. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Sorry, Ms. Craddock, come forward. 
thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman and members of the Commission. I'm here today uh, to represent... Ms. Craddock, if you would give us your name and mail and address. Oh, yes. Uh, Castle Craddock, 1215 Land Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23502. Uh, I'm here to represent my family. In order to give you a little history and maybe a, a little uh, correction on some of the information presented, uh, my parents uh, were probably the first, one of the first property owners of a farm. We were Princess Anne County when that was uh, actually taken in later by the city of Norfolk in the late 40s and early 50s. And at that time, I don't believe there was any other home built on that block of what is now the 1200. It was another number at that time. Over the years now, I think there are approximately 11 homes there. I don't recall, just for edification, any flag lot on Land Street. There are on some other streets. Remembering that the lots were huge lots, often 400 feet or 300 feet deep or across. Uh, some of these lots were divided, obviously, is how you get to 11. Uh, the other thing, there was a, never a combination until many years later um, uh, between Maple Hall and Hollywood Homes. That came later. So some of the building that takes place that was identified to you as being Hollywood Maple Hall is not. Those neighborhoods sort of merged into one over the years and probably became more uh, corrective to say in the 80s. So many of the homes in Maple Hall are different, uh, mostly brick homes, very much like the Thoroughgood neighborhoods, ranch styles. On that particular street, I rode by it the other day and I think there's only one home uh, on the corner of land uh, that is uh, any kind of uh, sort of, I guess, siding or whatever. Uh, also, the home that he speaks to was originally built in the late 50s, early 60s, a brick home. The addition he's talking about is not a separate home, it's an attached home as if you remodeled your home. It's only been in one family dwelling since I was a small child, uh, probably five years old. I won't say my age, but I think you obviously get that. So uh, some of that information given to you, I felt, should be clarified, and I believe all the homes are brick homes on that particular block at this time. Secondly, the reason I'm mainly here today is because you have an enormous problem that's going to exacerbate the situation by eliminating the hydrology. In other words, across from us sits this large lot that he wants to build houses on, driveways, etc. They have trees that go back 60, 70 years. Right now, the city of Norfolk, including Buzzy Reese, uh, who is one of your retired engineers in recent years, we have an extreme flooding because the way they allowed the regulations to be done in the past, they graded all of the water to run to the center. And there are only two storm drains, both in front of our house, one right in front of the house and one on the empty lot that he wants to build on. During any intense rain, God forbid it be a northeaster or uh, a hurricane, we are constantly flooded. We actually keep Bachelor and Collins in sandbags, and I brought you pictures today to show you this. One set, Exhibit A, will be how we keep our property and maintain it. Exhibit B is the most important. You will see the rain from just a rainstorm, not a hurricane. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Exhibit A, just to know what her property is. Right, gotcha. Right. That's all right. Exhibit B will show Thank you, you the water damage. What happens is with the flooding here, according to Mr. Reese, and we had a family member who is a North Carolina state engineer to look at this, there's no way to fix it because 
just like thoroughgoods having to do now. They're having to put in these huge pipes, you know, for the stormwater because it doesn't carry because more and more houses are built. So what happens with only two drains is we're completely flooded out and to the right of the house is just like a river. And when Buzzy came out, the city was up with waders uh, and they realized the problem. The problem is very evident here. There's a, a grate in our backyard and behind us, the city has a huge easement where the pipe goes back through the wetlands to the lake. They came and tried to fix it a few years ago, but Buzzy said they didn't have it in the budget. Probably have to rip all that out that's been there for decades in order to accommodate more. Our greatest fear is right now the French doors, uh, the, the sandbags have to be there for the yard man to bring out in the back, the brick sheds. You can see a foot of water where the moss is growing is an ongoing problem. And in the rear, where the area uh, behind us, as you can see there, it looks like woods, that's the wetlands where you can't even build a shed or anything. So, and then it drains onto Lake Taylor. If you add more and more houses rather than the one house that zoning I believe are for, and correct me uh, if I'm wrong there, will mean you have more driveways and unless they're porous, uh, unless you have a way to deal with this, you're just going to create a flooding situation that's going to put our house out of operation because it's not a flood zone, it's a storm warmer problem. And you can go back and look at that if you want to, and I notify the city that maybe they should look at what um, Buzzy Reese came to conclusion about. So our greatest concern is not building one house. I think Mr. Barbano, if he wants to build a house that's very similar there, we would be, everyone would be most in agreement that that's fine and fix up the old house or tear it down, get him two nice houses there, and probably have the same tax base that you would have with four smaller houses on small lots that would exacerbate the problem we have there and ruining our house, at which point might become a legal issue for the city because it is not a flood zone. It is a stormwater problem. And so uh, my wish is that you would take that in consideration and in hopes that Mr. Barbineau also would do that and perhaps build one nice house uh, on the R's, uh, R4, as everyone else assumes that would be the thing to do, the Civic League in agreement as well. And I thank you very kindly for your time. We thank you for your time, Ms. Crowder. Uh, now is the opportunity for Mr. Mayunga to ask any questions, sir. I have no questions. Pardon me? No further questions. Thank you, sir. Mr. Babineau, do you have any rebuttal? Mr. Fraley, I don't, I don't have any rebuttal as it relates to, I don't have any hydrology reports. Uh, it sounds to me like it's, it's a, uh, an issue, a stormwater issue um, uh, that Ms. Craddock has, has uh, presented to, to you that uh, it shouldn't be a matter that, that uh, should deny uh, the rezoning. Um, if, if that's a city issue related to stormwater, that's a city issue related to stormwater. Um, so, uh, and I'm looking at, you know, you're looking at the neighborhood and you're looking at the, the density of the neighborhood. Um, the, these are going to be aesthetically pleasing, um, and I would ask you to approve R6. Thank you, sir. Uh, those against this application, you have a few moments. If you have any further comment, we'd entertain them at this time. Mr. Wakefield? Yes, sir. Any further comment? No, sir, sir. Ms. Craddock? No, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, commissioners, any question or comment? It, it seems 
that the objections are resting upon the issue of density from the from the neighborhood, the Civic League, and also uh, <coughs> the issue of proper drainage, the covering over of land that will not allow for the proper drainage of water during storms. Those are the two issues that appear to be over on the table from the neighborhood against the rezoning. I think that's rather succinctly stated. Thank you. I, Any other? I do think the applicant has a choice here to make, which is come forward to us with a four-house proposal or go back to the Civic League with a three-house proposal, because it sounds like the Civic League is willing to entertain the, the discussion and a vote on a three-house proposal. Yes, sir, that's correct. Um, so it seems to me the applicant should, do you want to do the four houses today or do you want to postpone and go back and talk about the three houses? I'm, I mean, I'm happy, that's why I, I threw out there the, the, the three house. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, something that we would absolutely be willing to do. I know they have a, a civic leading. Um, I'm not sure if I'll ever win over uh, Ms. Craddock, but, um, um, but they have a civic league meeting next Thursday, which is, uh, which is a pretty quick turnaround. So. Um, I'm certainly uh, would welcome the opportunity to go back to them. They, it was a tough crowd to be in when I was there last time. Maybe it'll be, maybe they won't be as tough as tough on me this time. But uh, I'm I'm up for it, I guess. Um, uh, nice people who are very impassioned about their neighborhood, and and I've got that. Um, I, uh, so then, do I hear you asking for a continuance? Oh, that'd be great uh, if we could continue to to uh, the. I guess I don't know when the next meeting is. October twenty second. The next planning commission meeting is October 22nd, so you have an opportunity to present a different proposal to that Civic League and get back to us in the intervening time as to what the outcome of that is. Um, so if I, if I do that, then I can present, uh, maybe just send through to Matt or someone in, in planning the, uh, I guess, a new drawing, if, if, you, uh, if you will. That's I still would need R6 because I don't want to, I'm, I'm pretty adamantly opposed to having to tear down a, you know, a, what is a, a, a nice uh, a nice house, a nice structure, and move that. So I'd still be asking for the R6 because I need it because of the lot the lot size. Um, but the, I could uh, include in that a proffer that it only be three houses built on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh Well, we would ask that you uh, present that uh, to the staff and uh, make a presentation of that to the uh, Civic League and hopefully get back to us in a month. Thank you, sir. Great, thank you. The uh, motion is to continue the item to the public hearing to be held on Thursday, October 22nd, 2015 at 2.30 p.m. in the City Council Chambers, 11th Floor City Hall Building, Norfolk, Virginia. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McQuellen? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Halgens? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Looking forward to hearing that. Thank you so very much. All right. Next item before us is number... Six, this is a request by Robert Feynman for a change of zoning from R7 single-family district to conditional R8 single-family district on property located at 3210 uh, through 3214 Herbert Street. Mr. Whitney. Good afternoon. This is a request from Robert Feynman for a conditional rezoning um, at 3210 to 3214 Herbert Street. It's at the northeast corner of Kennebec Avenue and Herbert Street. And it is north of East Robin Hood Road. It is between the uh, streets of Kennebec and Elmhurst Avenue. 
It's also located within the Greenwood, Elmhurst, Norview Heights neighborhood, which is developed primarily with single family homes. And the request is to rezone from R7 to conditional R8. And this, the purpose of the rezoning would allow for four homes to be built on the properties, uh, whereas only three would be permitted under the current zoning of R7. The current zoning of R7 requires a minimum lot width of 60 feet and 6,000 square feet. The proposed change to R8 would require a minimum lot width of 50 feet and 5,000 square feet. So the proposal would be to resubdivide the existing lots into four lots. Yeah, three of those four lots would be 50 feet and one of them would be 55 feet. And all of them are, have approximately 5,000 square feet of lot area. <coughs> Before I get into the lot pattern analysis, I want to mention what our general plan says about uh, this area. It is designated as single-family traditional, um, and that uh, in the plan identifies the single-family traditional category as being a location for single-family detached dwellings that have that are moderately set back from the street, and they're on drive. They have driveways to rear loading garages um, that are on lots between 50 and 70 feet wide and approximately 4,000 to 7,500 7, square feet in lot area. So the proposed rezoning to R8, as far as lot width and lot size, uh, would conform to the single family traditional land use category in the general plan uh, because they would be between 50 and 70 feet wide and between 4,000 and 7,500 square feet in area. Uh, however, there is also, because it's in that single tr family traditional land use category, it also calls for these driveways that go to rear loading garages and uh, the conditional rezoning as it is now is tied to specific elevations that have been presented and in those elevations the garage is not set back from the front of the house it's actually pulled forward so as the application as it is right now uh, even with the proffer is not fully consistent with plan ofric 2030 um, it, it is consistent with the lot size and the uh, lot area uh, lot width um, but not the design of the houses. And the next analysis that staff did was a lot pattern analysis. And much like the previous application, we look at all lots within 1,000 feet uh, of, the of the properties in question. And the numbers that we, f that we found were that 104, about 104 lots came out as being in character with what the applicant is trying to go to, which would be an R8 size lot width and lot area. Um, and that's about 43% of those properties within 1,000 feet. Um, so that leaves 57% as of the lots as being out of character with what the applicant would like to go to. So uh, which would suggest that most of the lots are appropriate for R7. And then we also did a analysis of the street, the Herbert Street lots, the ones that front on Herbert Street. Um, on that along that same block and it the numbers were were, were unfavorable as well 77% uh, we found were out of character with what he would like to go to and as for the elevations uh, the following three elevations they're called the Oakdale A Oakdale B and Oakdale C models and you can see in the presentation here 
and there's the third one. These are currently the uh, what the application is. The one proffer with this application is that, and I'll read it out to you, is that the homes to be developed on the site shall be the Oakdale A, Oakdale B, and Oakdale C models as attached. So the applicant has agreed to this one condition, um, and uh, but because the lot pattern pattern analysis does not support the proposed change to R8 uh, as far as lot sizes and widths in the area. Staff cannot recommend an, uh, approval of this application. Um, that coupled with the fact that the general plan, uh, the standards for design of the houses is not conforming with the general plan for single family traditional. Um, so for all those reasons, staff cannot recommend approval uh, because we believe it would be, it sort of would set a uh, precedent that uh, would increase, that would be out of character with what's there in the neighborhood. Uh, we did receive yesterday, we received a letter from the Civic League, the Greenwood, Elmhurst, Norview Heights Civic League. Uh, they, are, they, they are in support of the proposal uh, with these, these specific elevations, uh, the Oakdale models, not, not uh, any other type of model, just these three Oakdale models. Uh, but we did receive that letter of support. Thank you, Chris. Any questions, commissioners, or Mr. Whitney? Now, it, it only uh, to note that um, the issue of design is a big departure from uh, the consistency of what's there and uh, future uh, uh, plans and visions for moving forward. Yes, um, and we, uh, as you see with other rezonings, they're similar to this one. Um, we have usually have a proffered condition in there about going through the city planning department's design review process. Um, that's not one of the proffers for this application, so that's another reason why uh, we as staff feel that we can't support it. Um, so, you know, the... Uh, so, Chris, I take from that comment that the applicant is not willing to let our in-house individual counsel and they come to an understanding as to what type of design would go on this site? Correct. The, that was not part of the proffers, though. Mm -hmm. I might just have one question. Absolutely. Chris, does this Oakdale model exist anywhere else in the neighborhood? Um, I can't, can't speak to that uh, as far as the design. of. I, I think the developer, the applicant, would probably be able to answer that question. Um, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any other questions, uh, Mr. Whitney, commissioners? Just in terms of from a design standpoint, if I heard you correctly, this the lot size and the and the general plan's fine. It's a design of the house, and the preference is for uh, garages in the rear side. Um, yes. Alley, and that that's the biggest issue. Yes. Okay. The um, the there it's in the suburban character district, um, but it single family traditional is is in the general plan as far as what the general plan sees the land use as being in the future. But it's important to note that it's in the suburban character district right now. Okay. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. Um, here to speak in favor of this application is the applicant, Mr. Robert Feynman. Good afternoon. I'm Bobby Feynman with DSF Development. My address is 2617 All Saints Court in Virginia Beach. Um, 
Excuse my attire, I'm also the head football coach at Ruffner Middle School and we're right in the middle of practice, so I normally would have not come here like this, but I'm heading to practice right as soon as we're done. Uh, I am here asking for your support today to rezone the property on Herbert Street from R7 to conditional R8 to build four single family detached homes. Um, as Chris said, I've met with the Civic League and they unanimous, unanimously support this rezoning. We've actually been working with them and Ms. Rochelle probably over the last three to four months. This has been a, we've put a lot of time and effort in and I really appreciate their Civic League because they've put a lot of time and effort into this as well. Um, and the summary is, it's not, and I, I heard somebody ask this question, I don't know that it's a matter that I'm unwilling to meet with design review, and, but um, I'm not, someone brought that up. Um, We've been down, I've been through this process in this exact scenario many times in the past. <clears throat> the Civic League actually, um, we showed them several different plans and they actually went and went so far as to go door to door to neighbors on the block and they love the plan that's being proffered, which is the reason why I proffered it. Um, I'm aware that it doesn't meet the, the, the Norfolk Plan 20, is it 2030? 2030. And there's been conversation about front-loading garages and seeing the garage behind the porch, and I'm very aware of that. One thing that I would point out, the Civic League actually brought up in our meeting that they like the recessed porch. That's attractive to them. Can't tell you why, but that was brought up. Um, so I'm here to answer any questions. I, th I don't know if y'all have had a chance to read the email that they sent over, uh, but um, we've worked very closely with them and this is what they want to see. That's why we chose these plans. And I'm standing by to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Feynman. Any questions of the applicant commissioners? Uh, just one question. Bobby, uh, does this uh, particular plan exist anywhere else in the neighborhood, this model? I heard you ask that. Um, I don't know if I've built a house in, I need to check. I, I think I have built this plan in Elmhurst, but I'd have to check with my office. We've built this plan um, in many neighborhoods throughout the city. I cannot remember if it's uh, in this neighborhood or not, but I certainly can find out the answer to that. Uh, we, we've built it, we, in fact, we were before you on a rezoning in Glenrock um, a while back. and. Interestingly enough, the Civic League uh, supported, wanted to see that plan, and there was an additional plan that they wanted to see built as well. I think the answer is yes, but I can't remember exactly the location. Okay. Mr. Feynman, you, uh, if I could uh, paraphrase your comment, you said it's not that I'm against meeting with Design Review, but you never finished that. Uh, are you willing to meet with Design Review to see if there's a plan that they have that's compatible with your uh, concept of what needs to take place here? Uh, sure. I've, I think I've always been. I think the, um, I think the reality and unfortunately sometimes frustration has been that we haven't been able to always see eye to eye. There's, there's a long-standing belief in, in planning uh, with respect to front-loading garages in general. Um, and that's been an issue since, well, pretty much since I think I've been building homes. I've built several hundred homes in the city over roughly 15 years. So it's, I'm always willing, um, but what, uh, so I guess, uh, I guess the technical answer would be yes. Uh, 
but I feel for many reasons that this is the right plan to be built there and, I, and the Civic League does as well. Before we go down that road, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. And, and you know, be fair. Um, you're not prepared to build a non-front-loading garage unit, are you? I'm not sure how I'm not sure how to answer that. I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, if we if we take a month and you go and you meet with uh, our design process, likely, as you have done in the past, and as we all know, we're going to come up with a design that does not include a garage that sits predominantly in front of the house. Okay, correct. Correct. And you're not prepared to build a house that doesn't do that. Well, if uh, or are you? Well, do I have a plan that meets those requirements and I'm prepared to build right now? The answer would be no. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, I'm well, I just don't know how much benefit you or we get out of doing another month in the discussion. It's a discussion to be fair that he's had with us and we'd have with him through the years. And it's not that I'm unwilling to build a home without a front-loading garage. That's, you know, that's not my issue. And I could be, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the situation with the parameters that I'm working with, with the lots, uh, I don't know that I can even, if I had a side-loading garage, I don't know that I could make that work. Now, if I'm, if, if, if I'm incorrect, then please say so. But I think... You, know, you may be confusing the request. Right. You're, you're talking about front-loading versus side-loading. And I don't know that those terms are exactly what we were discussing here. I think it's the, the prominence of the garage in the front of the house, sticking forward further than any other point of the house, making it the premier feature of the house is, I think, what we're objecting to. Um, you know, setting it back, putting it behind the house, or a couple of different ways to accommodate that without uh, making it side-loading. Understood. So we end up talking about a, a longer driveway, potentially. Well, one of the, I'm sorry, can, can I respond to that? Certainly. Sure. One of the issues that the, that this Civic League brought up, and interestingly enough, Glenrock brought up, so there's a, there seems to be some similarities in concern, is the distance between homes. And this plan, as well as the other plan that was uh, designed for Glenrock, they're both 32 feet wide, so the distance between homes is actually 18 feet. And that's uh, been a major concern. In fact, uh, Ms. Rochelle and other people at the meeting brought up that some houses have recently been built, and I, I think, I could be wrong, that, that was, they were built with a um, with, uh, rezoning um, that went through y'all, that they're frustrated because the houses are a lot wider and there's less room between houses. So, now I'm not an architect, but one of the reasons that that garage is where it is, it's not that I want a, a garage that's in front of the porch, it's not like a personal thing of mine, but if I have to recess the garage back, then that also will either have my plan's depth to be much deeper, which takes away from what remaining backyard there is and could be a setback problem, which maybe the only way to solve it is to go wider to get the necessary square footage, which the Civic League uh, was very adamant about in terms of a concern that they had at our meeting the other night. Is that, did I, does that, did I say that clearly? I understand what you're saying, but I think when you're coming to us and asking us to change the zoning rules for a piece of property that uh, we have to take, uh, you know, as, as being the appropriate zoning because it's there and it's a part of our uh, plan Norfolk, uh, to ask us to change that, you, you've got to provide the compelling reasons. And, uh, you know, I, 
I have to imagine a good architect could overcome the obstacles that you're describing. Yes, sir. So if I hear you correctly, you're not necessarily opposed to front-loading garages as much as you want to see the porch be more prominent and the garage not be recessed or not be out in front of the porch. I just want to make sure we don't under, we don't have a different definition of what we're talking about here. Front-loading garage just means that you drive into it from the front. Um, you know, if it's set behind the house, it's still, I think, technically a front-loading garage. So, but what we're talking about is the design of the house and whether the garage is sticking out in front or whether it's set back within the house or behind the house so that it's not the prominent element. But again, I'm not an architect, neither are you, and I think that's where we need to get the advice of a competent architect to help us out. Gotcha. Is that something you're willing to consider, Mr. Feynman? Going through the design process to see if we can accommodate the garage not being the more prominent upfront item in association with the house that you end up building. I hear you loud and clear. I think the answer is I've, I've been willing to consider it. I think the answer is I'd like to move forward today okay. and, and uh, I, I, I do not want, I would not like to get a continuance to okay. do that. Um, that maybe between now and then, if something, between now and when this goes up in front of city council, if there's some uh, alterations or changes uh, between now and then, then maybe we could, that's a possibility, but I don't want to ask for a continuance. Understood. Any? Can you for that? You just proffer it. Could be either way. Either way, it could work. Um, so, could we just? Would you be willing to proffer that you would go through that process and have the design contingent on that, or you're not willing to um, take that step now? Well, I think the answer would be I think I would be willing to, uh, except <laughs> I don't know how to appropriately respond to that. And Lenny, maybe you can help me out here. Like the, if all right, let, let's start from this premise. If you all are providing guidance that the principal concern here is not that the garage is on the front of the house, but that the garage is set forward of the principal entrance and is more prominent than the rest which of the house, not, which is not what I'm saying. I'm right. saying it needs to be reviewed by a competent architect to determine whether those things are correct or not. I'm I'm not here trying to tell them what needs to be fixed in the design of that house to make it work. I'm yeah, well, an architect needs to make that decision. Go ahead, Nikita. If I may add, I, and one of the reasons why I asked the question that I did is that, uh, you know, based on the recommendation from staff, obviously your design is inconsistent with the neighborhood. So I think what what we're all asking here is is if if there's some way we can accommodate your request, but but have a product that's consistent with the neighborhood. Well, the way it's been explained to me is it's inconsistent with the neighborhood because when the neighborhood was developed, n virtually none of these houses had any garages uh, because, and I'll quote the Civic League, very few people had cars when this neighborhood was built. So I don't think any product that I can come up with will technically meet that requirement. Right, and I um, think that has yet to be, um, not to cut across you, but I think that has yet to be determined. Are you willing to... To, to go through that proce process, I guess, is what we're asking. I think the answer is I'm willing to go through that process, but I don't want to be held to, um, like, I want to work and go through the process with design review, but I don't want to be, uh, like, if I, I, my only concern is if I proffer it and then I'm completely held to what they ask for, and that, that brings up a whole nother can of worms that's come up in previous rezonings where the Civic League is expecting one thing and then when you meet with design review um, 
literally it's happened that a whole new house comes out of it, which and, and there's a complete lack of communication that's very frustrating to the Civic League, and that's something that City Council uh, has gotten involved in in previous rezonings or made mention of. So I'm willing to go down that road and, and do that as we leave here, um, whether I proffer it or not, such that I'm held to that standard and I have to do exactly what they say and there's no other alternative, I think that's my only concern. What, what, what is the problem with having the Civic League engaged in the process? Well, they, they have been engaged in the process, and this is the plan that they have asked for. But you're talking about it's an issue of communication. The, the, then the, it becomes how are they kept in the loop so that they are not surprised by what, it, what has happened, is happening here today and uh, getting to where there, there is a meeting of minds on the issue as far as what we're trying to say right. and what you are well, doing. I can't, not being, not working for the city of Norfolk and knowing how your, your, your business works, I can't really answer that. Like, I, I don't know what the procedure would be, I guess. Mr. Is what Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, uh, although <coughs> Code of Virginia allows for um, proffers to be um, added as part of this process. Um, it is not the typical form. Typically the form is that upon application and during the process of preparation uh, of the application by staff that those proffers are worked out. Um, and we usually try to do that ahead of time for precisely these reasons mm -hmm. because there are neighbors out there who have seen something and if proffers get added or get changed at this hearing, um, it, you, you are essentially short-circuiting all of the work that goes on before this particular day. Um, so while it's, it's not illegal and I've, and I've tried to keep quiet, um, at, at some point I, I, I see this commission running into what is inherently a, uh, probably a problem that cannot be resolved today. Um, you cannot write proffers for Mr. Feynman. They are his proffers. Um, you cannot suggest what proffers he would he he sh uh, should write. Um, and and as Miss Austin pointed out, it leaves out that element of um, outreach to the community. So um, I think that, I, I, with all due respect, I think the options are Mr. Feynman's, and he can uh, ask this commission to proceed based on the proffers he's made. If he would like to make another proffer, he's welcome to do that, but he he isn't required to. Um, and if he would like to continue the matter because he doesn't want to make that decision today, um, he can do that as well. But I, I think it's unlikely that we'll be able to resolve crafting a new proffer that's going to work for you, him, and the neighborhood at this time. Sounds like you got two options, Mr. Feynman. Uh, we can move forward with the application that's before us at this point, or you can seek a continuance and pursue the design process that was mentioned earlier. I would like to move forward. Thank you. And, um, I don't know if it's a half proffer, but I'm more than happy to meet with design review from this moving forward between now and city council. Uh, well, I no think we doing that from what Mr. Uh, Malita just said, it might short circuit the inf information process to the Civic League. Understood. Uh, so we have a motion before us, Mr. Newcomb. Excuse me, Lenny. Yes. Any other comment, question from commissioners? Lenny, I just, and Mr. Sorry. I just want to make sure that I'm clear that uh, Mr. Feynman is not interested in moving forward with the continuance to give time to uh, meet with the design. Correct. Okay. okay. Uh, the continuance to meet with design, but also to communicate with the, the civic league. 
Which, so that they are not that they are a part of the process and they know what's going on. So if you're asking me, am I willing? Do I want to have no, a ask anyone sir, to do that? The we answer is very simply. Do you want to continue? No, sir. With okay. No, sir. I want to continue with that works. Forward. Um, and you are free to make what's on between speak? now and council okay. at your own risk. Got it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the motion before you is to recommend that the uh, conditional change of zoning be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman. No. Mr. Hales. No. Ms. McQuellen. No. Ms. Austin. No. Mr. Halchins. No. Thomas? Lenny, I'll be voting no because the uh, application is not consistent with the neighborhood lot pattern. It's not consistent with Plan Norfolk 2030, and the design is not consistent with what Plan Norfolk 2030 either. No. All right. Thank you. And Mr. Fraley? Ditto the previous comments. No. All right. Item number seven, Lenny? Item number seven is a request by Joseph Andrus for a special exception to operate a pawn shop at 6150 East Virginia Beach. Boulevard. Thank you, Lenny. And I note that there is no opposition. All right. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that the special exception be approved, subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. Item 8, Lenny. Item 8, the looking glass for a special exception to operate an indoor flea market at 5685 East Virginia Beach Boulevard. Thank you, Lenny. We note that uh, that one person has signed up and this individual is for and against this application, so we can't go wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Smith, Sherry Smith, if you'd like to speak, the podium is yours. I do indicate to you that we don't have any op opposition to this application. I don't need to speak. I wish Thank you. Speak on opposition if, I, if somebody was here that opposed. Thank you. Lenny? Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> the motion to recommend the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? There was a revised, there revised conditions. About the fence. Yes. Raise your wire. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. uh, we are, and I guess that's been discussed with her. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So the motions recommend that the uh, special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report and is revised at the public hearing. Dr. Newman. Aye. Mr. Hales. Aye. Ms. McQuillan. Looks interesting. Good luck. Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Algins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. All right. And we move to the last application, Leontes, for a special exception, operating an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages at 5802 East Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 140. Thank you, Lenny. We note that there's no opposition to this application. We do want to acknowledge the applicant, Stephanie Wadnola, as well as Shalimar Brazier are here, I hope. Yes, they are. Uh, if you'd like to say something, you will, but there is no opposition to this application. Thank you. 
the motion is to recommend the special exception be approved subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Ms. Austin? Yes. Mr. Houchins? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. Mr. Fraley? Aye. Good luck with that. Uh, with that, Mr. Homewood, is there anything on your agenda we need to cover while we're in assembled here? No, sir. I've said my piece earlier.